Live from the Goldenrod Radio Tower in beautiful Goldenrod City, it's the Pokey Bros Podcast with Richard Ballman and Henry Kathman. Hello and welcome to the Pokey Bros Show. My name is Henry Kathman and joining me is my good friend Richard Ballman. Richard, how in good Arceus's name are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right, but I, uh, I follow the Church of Helix. Oh, <laughs> pray, I'm sorry. We at Goldenrod Radio, we respect all religious ideologies, whether you are a believer or not, CS, or our Lord and Savior, Helix. I'm very sorry. I'll try to keep that in mind. I didn't know you were a practicing worshiper of Helix. Yeah, praise Helix. Praise Helix, so... So I was a little late coming in today. Yeah, you were. Kind of share with the rest of us what was keeping you. Uh, there was a wild golem on uh, the road today, so that kind of threw everyone on a bit of a detour on my way to work. Really? Okay, what is it with you? Like, two weeks ago, it was Agron, and now you're facing golems. Like, your commute to work seems to be a bit dangerous. <laughs> Well, it's through a mountainside, so... Oh, okay. That'd explain it. Yeah, that seems pretty dangerous. I mean, they got it out of the way. Yeah, last I saw, they had him in one of those big nets with two helicopters bringing him back to his indigenous place of living. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. Did I ever tell you about my golem? Oh, no, you haven't. Uh, So for people who don't know, I hail from the Kanto region, but for a good portion of my life, I've spent my time in the Sinnoh region, hanging around Twinleaf Town and Hearthrone City. Which, by the way, shout out to our main theme in the last two episodes, Home is Where the Love Disc is, a remix of Hearthrome City's theme on Overclocked Remix. We'll put that in the description. But back when I was in Sinnoh, I had this golem, and he was a really, really good Pokemon. I never named it, which is a little unusual for me. I tend to nickname all of my Pokemon, but he ended up being a pretty powerful Pokemon. Although, unfortunately, me being the inexperienced trainer I was, I was stupid enough to load him up with all of the HMs. Mm. So... I, instead of having him learn the dig-earthquake combination, he was a strength, rock smash, cut, and rock climb. What an intimidating golem. Oh, luckily, after a little while battling with him, I kind of realized my mistake and took him to the move deleter immediately, because HM's so glad those things are not a thing anymore. Yeah, let's hope it stays that way. Mm -hmm. You know how Nintendo is. Yeah. Before we begin today's episode, today is going to be a special two-parter where we examine two episodes. The first one being Ash Catches a Pokemon, and the second being The Challenge of the Samurai. But before we get into all of that, quick little bit of house cleaning stuff. So for those of you who have listened and enjoyed this show, first off, thank you very much for listening. We hope you are enjoying this. Second... If you want to listen to these in different areas other than SoundCloud or YouTube, we now are live on both iTunes and Google Play, so any mobile users, if you simply go to the address of bit.ly slash iTunes and bit.ly slash Google, it should take you both to our Google Play and iTunes page, where you can download the podcast, and if you enjoy this show on them, Obligatory, give us a good review, five stars and all that stuff. We would greatly appreciate that. But hopefully this one's going to be a bit shorter because there's going to be a lot less introductions going on. 
So, let's just dive right into it. This first episode is called Ash Catches a Pokemon, originally airing on April 15th, 1997 and September 10th, 1998. Last we left Ash off, he and Misty were journeying into the Viridian Forest where they encountered a Caterpie. So let's see if Ash catches a Pokemon. I wonder, mm. in an episode called Ash Catches a Pokemon, will he catch a Pokemon? What a curveball that would be though, right? Oh man, it would just be so unexpected. So without further ado, let's get into it. So it basically opens to Ash throwing his Pokeball at the Caterpie, learning nothing from his past mistakes of throwing a Pokeball at a Pidgey and not uh, weakening, it, weakening it first with his own Pokemon. But luckily for him, Caterpies are one of the weakest Pokemons, so yeah. he gets lucky and manages to catch it, which means he's rewarded for learning nothing, which kind of reinforces making mistakes. Bit of an oversight on the writers, and you'd think they could have at least showed him learning from his mistakes. Yeah, and- Leaf battle it a little with Pikachu first or something. Yeah, exactly. Pikachu likes Ash well enough now. Like, yeah. he would have had no problem kicking that Caterpie's butt. Yeah, but instead we get this disappointment. I mean, it's not that disappointing to Ash. <laughs> well, it's disappointing to me. Okay, I can say that, yeah. I understand that they probably, as we'll see later in the episode, they'll pro they're probably wanting to reinforce this idea of, oh, you need to weaken the Pokemon before we do that, because they do reinforce the idea later in the episode. But uh, first, after he captures the Caterpie, and he lets it out, it immediately takes a liking to Misty so that they can just overdo that whole bug trope that they have in Japan where <laughs> women are afraid of bugs. Mm-hmm, and boy do they milk that trope because Misty is terrified of Caterpie, which I can understand, Misty, that you're afraid of bugs, but of all the bug Pokemon in the Kanto region alone, I feel like Caterpie's a milder case of that compared to like a Scyther or a pincer, Caterpie's just a little cute one that's just doing its own thing. Like, they love to show off just how sad Caterpie gets, because as soon as Misty talks about how gross it is, it just looks in the camera with its little teary eyes. It's just so sad you could almost hear in the eyes of an angel in the background. Yeah. Like, I'm half expecting Nurse Joy to step out and be like, every day. Poor injured Pokemon are faced with the abuse of negligent trainers. Please donate to your local Pokemon Center. That one's for free, uh, Nurse Joy, by the way, so support your local Pokemon Center, kids. Anyways. Anyway. As the day comes to an end, they pretty much set up camp to take a nap or to go to bed for the night and would treat it to Caterpie and Pikachu having what we... I guess are led to believe is a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Yes. Can't this... tell what they're saying because they're Pokemon, so it could just be a whole bunch of racist crap. <laughs> I mean, no! we don't know. We don't know. We don't. We don't know. They could be it's, terrible it's, people. It's heavily implied, though, that what they are discussing is evolution, because Caterpie sticks its butt in the air in the similar fashion to how a Metapod hangs off mm. a tree. 
and looking in the moon and it, as it has a vision of flying free as a butterfree. Interesting little note here. In this episode, there's a lot of really weird animation things, especially in this scene where Pikachu and Caterpie are talking, because uh, you see like Pikachu just jumping up in the air wildly and Caterpie also doing so. And you also see Ash and Misty having a lot of very expressive faces towards each other. I feel like this sort of caricatured nature with these scenes is sort of meant to compensate for the fact that the animation budget for this episode must have been really low. We talked a bit about how the second episode's animation quality was probably pretty low considering the lack of background characters, but I feel like we didn't properly anticipate the fact that this episode, they kinda skimped a bit in terms of like animation frames. Like mm -hmm. you'll usually just see character just mouth open, mouth closed, and just fluctuating between those two frames instead of like actually bothering to lip sync or to, I don't know, add a bit more expressiveness. It was, I know there was one frame where uh, Misty is basically running away from Caterpie because it's a bug. And it's hard to tell because it goes by so fast, but I noticed that there's literally just two frames of Misty going back and forth and they just make it go across the screen really fast. Yeah. Give it the illusion of her running. Yeah. It's, it's literally just back and forth, two frames. Yeah, I realize that when younger children watch this, they don't exactly pay attention to that sort of thing. But I feel like as successful this show is going to be as time goes on, this sort of animation quality is going to be a lot better as time goes on. But they're talking about Pokemon evolution, presumably. Or racist stuff, we never know. We never know, but... It could be like, man, I'm glad there ain't no Weedles out here. Yeah, I hate Weedles. <laughs> Well, I mean, Weedles tend to be a bit meaner, not to generalize. Hashtag okay, I didn't not all say that. Hashtag not all Weedles. I'm just saying, as we'll see in future episodes, Weedles tend to be a bit more jerkish. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's how Weedles actually are. I'm just saying that maybe these showrunners have an anti-Weedle agenda. Maybe there's a bit of butterfree bias. Anyways... <laughs> During the next day, when they get up, uh, a Pidgeotto shows up, and Ash, again, not learning from his mistakes, is like, I'm gonna get it, and just throws a Pokeball at it, which doesn't work, but thankfully this time, Misty steps in and lectures him, telling him what an idiot he is. Like, have you learned nothing? You have to weaken, weaken it first. And Ash yeah. is like, I know what I'm doing. Like, no, you don't, because yeah. you clearly just made a mistake. And then he uses Pikachu to fight to fight it, or no, no, he uses Caterpie. He does use Caterpie he because Caterpie as soon as Ash calls in Pikachu, uh, he's like, Pikachu, go! And Pikachu is lying in a bed and just oh, slumps yeah. over. So, I mean, it's a pretty popular meme now to show Pikachu looking at something and turning over and sleeping. It's mm -hmm. a, it's Pikachu very... is not a morning person. I mean, is what we've got. I can relate. Yeah. I can definitely oh, relate. I can relate. Oh, yes. But another little quick tidbit. Something that we haven't really talked about uh, in the previous episodes, but uh, the way that Pokemon speak is kind of an interesting topic within this series. Like, most people, when we think of Pokemon, they tend to remember how Pokemon just say their own names. At least in these early episodes, we see an exception to that rule, because aside from Pikachu, we have Pidgeys and Spearow and Caterpie and that sort of stuff. And most, in these early episodes at least, most of their noises seem to be very animalistic sounding, like mm -hmm. that or Caterpie with its ear-bleedingly high-pitched meow. 
like mm-hmm. the the noises that Caterpie made in that episode, especially during that scene with his heart to heart with Pikachu, were yeah, they were weird. There are some weird noises, definitely. I might insert a sampling of Caterpie's noises here because <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, the fight with Caterpie goes horribly wrong. So mm-hmm. then Pikachu steps in and he manages to actually capture the Pidgeotto. Yes. Which is the first Pokemon I guess he captured competently and deserved to capture. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't like to insinuate that Ash doesn't deserve a Pokemon. Because like when he caught Caterpie first, he was so excited. And the look on his face was like heartwarming. Yeah, he was shit. He He threw a Pokemon. It wasn't even a quick ball. He's excited. He caught a Pokemon and he's showing it to Pikachu being like, He deserved failure there. He learned nothing. Okay, well, just because he might not have retained the lessons taught to him. Yeah, that's why he should have failed. (sighs) You don't retain the lessons taught to you, you should fail so that you learn from your mistakes. Okay. If you succeed from a mistake, you don't learn from it, and you keep making the mistake. In Ash's defense, he doesn't seem to make that mistake from here on. Well, no, he literally makes it again with Pidgeotto, and then Misty well, okay, corrects well, him. Well, after, after. He literally, not two <laughs> seconds later, makes the same mistake. No, Because after. it wasn't reinforced. After I'm that, talking about we'll it. see. Uh, okay. If he throws another Pokeball without weakening a Pokemon first in any of these future episodes we watch that I don't remember, I will I'm going to have a problem. I will cop. Okay. Well, I guess we'll look out for that as time goes on. Yeah, after he captures Pidgeotto, uh, Misty lectures him some more, which he needs, about type advantages, trying to teach the young boy. Yeah, I would say that this is a good time to introduce this, because type advantages and stuff like that, that's a pretty difficult-to-understand mechanic within the series when you're just starting out. So I think illustrating the dichotomy of bird and bug That's a pretty easy to remember one. I will say though, I feel like they could have hearkened a little bit to the electric versus flying type advantage because they never do explain in the game or in the anime why that's an advantage, but you can kind of see it, I guess. Like, what do you think is the logic behind electric being effective against birds? Uh, they're up in the sky. So, closer to the lightning, <laughs> that's that guy. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, fighting is weak to flying type, because you, you ever try to punch a bird? It ain't easy. It is not easy. I will say that uh, the type advantages get pretty complicated as time goes on, but I think this is a pretty good introduction to this whole mechanic within the series. But, yeah, at Misty... Lectures to Ash. Yeah, and then just after that, James and also Team Rocket show up. This is when Ash basically finds out that Team Rocket is now pretty much exclusively after Pikachu. Mm-hmm. As they explain. And they say, hand over the Pikachu. And Ash is like, no. Get your own. Get your yeah, own. they're literally in the Ash room. Ash is 
confused, and he's like, this is my Pikachu, get, get your own. I think it takes him a moment to realize this is a highway robbery. Yeah, you think that he would have remembered the fact that they tried to rob a Pokemon Center? That yeah, that these guys are Pokemon thieves, and then they, they both send out their two Pokemons to take them on, and then he's like, what the heck? Yeah. You can't do that, that's not fair. And then Misty's like, well, let's just do it too. And then Ash is like, that's against the Pokemon rules. He, I mean, he is concerned about the Pokemon rules during a highway robbery. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's, he's a law-abiding child. I'll give him yeah, that. Ash is, <laughs> Even though those aren't laws, those are Pokemon rules. Ash and you're is, not in a tournament, you're being robbed. Yeah, Ash is very much lawful good in this that's, situation. It's like someone sticking you up at night at gunpoint and you being like, you can't rob me, that's illegal. <laughs> that, that's I literally mean, what happens here. He's just like, you can't do that, it's against the rules. Yeah, I will say, okay. the fact that they recap how powerful Pikachu is as to better explain Team Rocket's motivations as to chasing him, it feels a bit disingenuous, because Team Rocket, you're in the Viridian Forest. There should be plenty of Pikachu here that in that are in the wild that you can catch. Well, they seem to be under the impression that Ash's Pikachu is like a super strong Pikachu. That's understandable, and, and Ash's Pikachu is very powerful, but I feel like there are bigger fish to fry in terms of... Yeah, there's about a million Beedrill. I mean, like, your whole thing is to steal Pokemon. Yeah. You don't have to specifically go after one just because it's super strong. Like, pretty sure this is why your boss hates you. He's like, dude, just do something else. You can't else. get that one. Just go get some other strong ones. Yeah. Team Rocket tries to battle Ash. Two against one. And I will say, like, the writers of this episode, they kind of put a bit of a cop-out here. Oh, where yeah. Coughing puts... Ink or smog or what do they call it? Like I don't remember. They put like some sort of ink in Pikachu's eyes, and that's enough to make Pikachu Basically, being unable to battle. Yeah. Which incapacitates Pikachu literally just so they can show off the newer Pokemon. Yeah, I feel like there are more natural ways they could have done this. They could have made it an even more dire situation where Team Rocket got the jump on them and actually captured Pikachu right away and then Ash would have had to use his other two Pokemon to save Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. Like, instead of just stupid eye gunk, just yeah. show that Pikachu is damaged and in a bad situation. It would have done the same effect. It just would have felt less contrived. And then Ash uses Pidgeotto to try to battle, and Pidgeotto doesn't do so well. I mean... He was outnumbered. He was outnumbered, and Coughing does use Dig, which is a pretty high-level move that you have to teach to your Coughing, which... Mm -hmm. The fact that Pidgeotto was able to dodge the Dig move was pretty good on their part, because Ground would have been effective against them and stuff. And Misty's all like, oh no, while well, she's doing nothing to help. She yes. has Pokemon, but she's like, I gotta hold Pikachu. He, yeah. He's blind, apparently. He can't just sit down somewhere or get in a Pokeball. Yeah, you, Misty, you have a Staryu, you yes. have a Goldeen, just, you can do something. Serious. Like, yeah, it's against Pokemon regulation But who gives a, a shit? You're being robbed right yeah, now. Yeah, but it is a Pokemon... It isn't against Pokemon regula regulation when two trainers are battling at the same time, mm. <laughs> like alongside each other. If we're going by Pokemon regulation rules before they uh, instated double battling and triple battles and 
uh, tag battles. It would have been perfectly standard within the Pokemon League regulations, at least before they instated double battling. But who cares? This isn't a, yeah, a regulated I mean, Pokemon yeah, battle. You're I being realize, robbed in a forest. Yeah, I realize this isn't... Throw out your Pokemon and fight. <laughs> I mean, Ash does try to fight them. Yeah. Fist to fist. Yeah, so. Ash is just like, all right, well, Caterpie probably won't be able to help me, so I'm gonna just go fight him. But Ash is a small boy and they're adults, so they're just like, uh, no. But they don't even say, like, you're a child, you can't fight us. Meowth is just like, silly kid. Only Pokemon can fight in Pokemon battles. I don't, I mean, no one's stopping me. I know. They didn't beat up a small child. I, gotta give them that, I guess. That brings up an interesting point, because Team Rocket, even though they're the bad guys for these episodes, there is always that element where they have a bit of honor yeah, among them. they fight somewhat fair. I mean, two-on-one, but still. I mean, that's gonna change as time goes on, because things will get a bit squirrely in terms of Team Rocket's plans to get Pikachu, but... Yeah. All hope seems lost as Ash is forced to get Caterpie out. And he sends Caterpie out, and Caterpie kicks ass. Yes! Caterpie's just like, what up now, bitches? String Shout is OP, apparently. I mean, Even though that's not how String Shout works. No, it's it just decreases accuracy, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all it does, but nope. In the anime, apparently it destroys everything. Co I mean, it, it covers them all. And just a bit after that, Caterpie evolves, and Beedrill flies by at the end of the episode, basically teasing well, what the next episode is going to be about. Well, to rewind a little bit, can I just say I love how Caterpie was able to basically take advantage of his bound opponents and just ta like tackling the coughing and having it ram into Ekans as oh, yeah, Team Rocket end up running away. They don't say we're blasting off again because unlike future episodes, they didn't blast off, they just yeah. ran away. And the first time they blasted off, they weren't blasting off again. So we haven't gotten to that yet. I look forward to the day that hasn't we become do a staple. that. Caterpie begins to evolve and they allude to the fact that uh, Pokemon will take up different forms. So. In this episode, not only are we being reinforced the idea that you need to damage the Pokemon so that you can so that you can catch them. Yeah. <laughs> Ash. <laughs> but they also talk about how they also introduce the concepts of type advantages, and they also introduce the concepts of evolution. So, like the previous episodes, these early adventures are going to be doing a lot of that sort of exposition. So, I think that's a pretty necessary thing to be adding, especially when we're talking about all the mechanics of these games. But Ash and Misty set off as they journey deeper into the more dangerous areas of the Viridian Forest. Before we get into the next episode, can I just talk about a couple of moments uh, we moved past? So yeah. before the whole nighttime scene with Pikachu and Caterpie yeah, and all that weirdness. Talking about a bunch of racist stuff, probably. Oh my god. <laughs> but they also talk about Misty's bike as Misty begins to follow oh, yeah. Ash around and she makes the excuse that 
I'm still holding you responsible for my bike. I mean, I feel like that's just an excuse because even in these early episodes, Misty seems to be taking a liking to Ash at least. But at the same time, I don't really understand what following Ash around accomplishes in terms of getting compensated for your bike. Like, yeah, I guess- Once he can't pay her back, that she can just be like, all right, give me the money. Yeah, the money. but she never does. Yeah. So I guess that's a testament to- She probably also doesn't want to go through a bug forest by herself. That is very true. As they will illustrate even more, Misty does not like bugs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's as good enough of a transition into Challenge of the Samurai. Originally aired in Japan on April 22nd, 1997 and in the US on September 11th, 1998. Again, with the US airing episodes uh, one after the other. Well, it opens with a blood-curling scream from an outside shot of the forest and we zoom in and it's from Misty who's running back towards Ash because she saw a bug. Before that, we gotta give props to the A-plus joke where, oh, I think there was another bug, Ash. Well, maybe it was a Cowderpie, as oh. Ash wears a cow costume, which... I don't even get, I don't even understand that joke. Cowderpie, what? Because cow, Cowderpie sounds like Caterpie and it's... That's the, it was, that's the joke? Yeah, it's... It's a terrible joke. I thought it was funny. Because, like, the image of Ash wearing the cow costume and Misty being... Ugh, to it. Like, that's the sort of humor that I like. Anyways. <laughs> that, it's a good joke. I'll, I'll swear so, by it. Well, you're wrong. Okay. okay. Anyways, so he wants to use Pikachu to battle the Weedle, but Pikachu is still napping. But before Pikachu that, is before not that a morning person, before how is that before anything? Well, hang on. It's literally the next scene. Well, no, because I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. Because he's about to do the same thing he did in the previous episodes, where he just throws a Pokeball at him. But he stops. And he's like, "Oh wait, I need to weaken it first. Where he's remembering the lessons taught to him, and he's not just throwing the balls at the Pokemon. It only took him, it, it, uh, what episode is this now? Six? It's the fourth episode. <laughs> so I think that's a very reasonable enough time for Ash to retain this lesson, because not yeah. every kid can easily retain a concept. So well, I made the mistake three times. He did make the mistake three times, but third time's the charm. Well, fourth time. I don't count that because he didn't. Because he didn't time. make the actual attempt. He he thought about it, but then he stopped. No, 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 no. There's the there was the Pidgey, right? And then yeah. there was uh, then there was two in the last episode. Yeah. And then this is this so this would be his fourth time. Okay. Fourth time the charm. Well, I suppose it just falls on whether you not whether or not you would count this as an attempt because I I don't know. It's, well, you, we're getting that, into that's semantics what the third time here. the charm is if you mess up twice and you're like third time's the charm and then you don't mess up. But he messed up three times and this is the fourth time he's doing it. Fourth time's the I, charm. Okay, I <laughs> if I was gonna be counting that time then I would be calling this fifth time's the charm. I wouldn't even count Ash's attempt as a fourth. Okay, we're getting into semantics stuff. Well so. you should because that's exactly how that works. Okay then. <laughs> but yes Ash correctly says that he needs to weaken the Pokemon, so Pikachu, once again, doesn't help him out, so. Because he's not a morning person, I can relate. Anyways, so he uses Pidgeotto, but it doesn't really matter because it cuts off to a scene 
scene of Misty storming off, and then we see a man draw a freaking sword and jump out at her. Yes. And yell at her. Asking whether or not she knows about any Pallet Town Pokemon trainers. Well, holding a blade to her face. Yes. Listen, kid, if you're trying to get a Pokemon battle with the kid from Pallet Town, What's the sword have to do with any of this? Yeah, stop pointing a dangerous weapon at people in a yeah, forest, you, you don't... psychopath. So this is the character known as Samurai. Sword douche. Oh, yeah. Samurai guy, I mean. Well, they literally name him Samurai, which is strange because they couldn't think of an actual name for this kid. Yeah, Call him Bugsy or something bug related because he's a bug Pokemon trainer. This is the titular samurai of Challenge of the Samurai. And interesting little Easter egg, Challenge of the Samurai is banned from being aired in Korea. Both of them. Both of them, yes. Because everything's banned from the North one. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it's banned in South Korea, according to Bulbapedia anyway, is because of cultural problems. That's their words, not mine. And for anyone who has a history of Korea, you might know that uh, samurais aren't exactly the most beloved figures there because back during the 1400s conquest of Korea, Japan invaded the country with the hopes of conquering it with their samurai army. And I can understand why Korea would probably not be too enthusiastic to portray a warrior that historically murdered thousands upon thousands of your own people. So I can understand why this episode would probably not be aired, but yeah, so a uh, sword douche uh, attacks Misty asking if she's a Palatown trainer. And she's like, no, I'm not. It's like, all right, bye. And so, she's like, wait. Oh, he's looking for Ash. And then cuts back to Ash doing actually fairly well. Yes. Taking down the Weedle. Yeah. And right before he captures it, Sword Douche interrupts him and is like, hey, you from Pallet Town? And he's like, I'm a little busy. Yeah. Ash tells him, hey, talk to me in a second. Like, just give him a minute. He's almost done. Weedle is like knocked out. He's like ready to throw his Pokeball. But because extremely interrupt- Yeah, but because Sword Dish interrupts Ash, Weedle manages to escape. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that that pretty much has ramifications for the rest of the episode, and it is 100% Sword Douche's fault. And we want to make that extremely clear. Everything that happens later in this episode that goes wrong is pretty much all tracked back to this one action by Sword Douche, because he's a douche. Yes, so in case you couldn't tell, we are not exactly a fan of this character. Like, imagine if that happened in the games, yeah. where you were catch, trying to catch a Pokemon. And then an NPC just walked up and was like, hey, battle me. It's like, like excuse me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm just imagining, like, what if you're, like, shiny hunting and you're, like, and you finally see that shiny Pokemon and then, then Shorts Kid shows up and is like, I love shorts. They're comfortable and easy to wear. Don't even joke to me about shiny hunting. Oh, yes. My greatest nemesis. Yes. Try but so hard. <laughs> you try so hard. We might get into your shiny relationship some other time, but yes. <laughs> Anyways, Ash is ballsy as fuck. You gotta give him that because Sword Douche still has his sword pointed right to his face. And Ash is like, dude, what the heck? You made him get away. This was your fault. Again. Well, there's a deadly weapon not two inches from his eyes. Again, what's the purpose of the sword? He just points it at him and is like, 
I am a samurai. This I seek is extremely out offensive. I seek out powerful Pokemon and trainers and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. You want to battle him. That's fine. There's no need to wave around a weapon. Like, I get the feeling that this kid has actually absolutely no background in samurai. And he's probably just like... Yeah, no, because if he did, then he would be a little more respectful. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just, like, one of those otakus that yeah. goes around. Uh, some American guy there. Just goes I found around. some samurai stuff. I'm the samurai in the forest. Yeah. While you were on dates, I was studying the way of the sword. I have the power of God and anime on my side. And now that all the gates are down and the demons are banging at the door, you have the audacity to come to me for help. Shut up, sword <laughs> douche. It, it is not that actually far off from, like, those sort of people. Really maybe isn't. this, maybe Samurai's character was just the creators, like, taking the piss on those sort of people. Like, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's why he's so annoying, but... Mm. Oh god, we just have, I just have so much to say about this stupid kid. I hate him so much. So they start their Pokemon battle, and Sword Guy has a pincer, and I believe this is the first we've seen of a pincer. Yes, it is. So far. Pincer is one of my favorite bug types. Okay, so yeah. Pincer, I always did like pincer, but I was never able to capture him. Right. I ended, yeah, the way I ended up getting Pinsir was through trading and stuff, but Scyther and Caesar and that evolutionary line was always my favorite bug type, so I think those ones always ended up taking priority for me. Yeah, first instinct, Ash brings out Pidgeotto to fight Pinsir and... Who is really tired for some reason, even yeah. though his battle with Weedle did not seem all that exhausting. No! It, it seemed like another chance for uh, the writers to basically explain more of the rules of Pokemon, because they have Misty, or I don't remember who... It was Misty. Misty. Basically lecturing him, saying, you, you gotta let your Pokemon rest every now and then. Yep. You can't just keep using them again and again. I mean, I feel like a battle with a Weedle wouldn't have been that big of a deal for a Pidgeotto. Yeah, especially since Pidgeotto has type advantage. Then On again, both of these Pokemon... Maybe like... that Weedle was jacked, son. <laughs> Get them sick games. I mean, we do see Weedle do a couple of, like, pretty cool moves. Like, where it darts up in the air and, like, tries to kamikaze itself so it can poison Pidgeotto. I feel like, mm. I don't know, I feel like Weedles can be pretty ballsy. So, mm. but yeah, sends out Pidgeotto. He ended up, I know he ended up, uh, no, Pidgeotto ended up being called yeah. back. Yeah. So then he sent out Metapod, and then there was just this fantasy scene, which was horrifying, where Ash realized, oh, God. Pinsir Metapod could destroy could Metapod. tear him in half. As it depicts a silhouette of Pinsir squeezing down on Metapod as it cracks in half like a stone. Like, just like it, Jesus. Yeah, it's a surprisingly graphic scene. But it ends up going pretty well for Ash as he thinks on his feet and has uh, Metapod use Harden to protect himself. Insert really easy joke about Metapod hardening here. Those are yes, so we easy, I wasn't going to even make one. Yeah. I'd be the one to make one. They, would, they were going to mention it anyway. Everyone will mention it. Might as well get that out of the mm -hmm. way. But he uses Harden, and... It does not go Pinsir's way. Yeah, it's almost kind of graphic, like, how it effective it is. It breaks parts of the spikes. Parts of Pinsir's body 
shatter. It's like, oh god, poor Pinsir. Yeah, Jesus. that must hurt. That would be like the goddamn. That would be like, like the equivalent of having like a fingernail be shattered or torn off. Like that sounds very unpleasant. Think about it. But I guess since it's a bug Pokemon, bugs like shed their exoskeletons every now and then to grow and stuff. So maybe that's how it just regrows that sort of stuff. I think that's sort of the implication that they're going for to make kids not be so mm -hmm. worried about like, oh God, poor Pinsir. Anyways, then Sword Guy's like, all right, come back Pinsir and sends out a Metapod, which we oh. then start off. A hardening battle, I guess. They're just like, maximum hardage! Like, yeah, they're literally just taking turns using the harden, which gets neither of them anywhere. Okay, another quick thing about Sword Douche. All the time that Ash is talking to him, he addresses him as novice. Again, reinforcing that whole idea that this is just some condescending yeah. otaku. Some prick who hasn't even proved himself to be any decent at po Pokemon battle yeah. at all. All he does is just interrupt Ash catching a Pokemon, chastises Ash for letting that Weedle get away, and continuing to call him novice because you have begun a battle with him, even though his Pokemon are already presumably beaten. At this point, he's just bullying Ash. The sword guy is a douche. I just, ugh. He's a douche. I just don't like him. I'm like either of us like him. Yeah. He's a douche. Then we get a short cutaway from that to a scene showing us that Team Rocket is still in the area. Mm-hmm. As they walk around with a tank. Made of paper. Well, it's revealed later that it's paper, but just a weird thing. Why are they calling it a tank, even though they're just carrying it around? Like, could they not just say, like, a shield or something? It feels like... Hmm. Tank isn't a very good descriptor of what they- They're extravagant. Yes, they are very extravagant. As they complain about having to carry this thing while Meowth sits on the top. You know, Again- It's made of paper, so it can't be heavy. Yeah. Again, they're reinforcing that Meowth is sort of the leader of them, which is something that they kind of drop as time goes on. But like, mm -hmm. it's so weird that they're going to all this effort carrying this thing. But eventually, they're hardening, all while Misty and Pikachu are just sitting on the sidelines being like, all yeah. right, whatever. Cut to Misty wearing a bikini, which probably made all the 12-year-old boys at the time. Oh, God. Be like, oh. Gotta get that anime fan service in. Yeah. I, the they don't I, really go all out with anime fan service. That's true. It's just like a half a second of a comedy scene, but yeah, God. I, I will say, that drink she was holding, like, it had like a flower, it had some fruit in there. That cocktail looked delicious. Mm. Pikachu's also drinking like a cocktail, yeah. which... Which makes you think it's probably alcohol-based, but it's like... She's 10. Yeah, she's 10. Pikachu's a Pokemon. You shouldn't give <laughs> alcohol to Pokemon. Mm. Expert advice here right now. Don't give alcohol to your Pokemon trainers. Out. Well, don't, don't give it to your Pokemon. Yeah. If you're a Pokemon trainer and, and of age, go hog wild. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu's just on the sideline, which... Why doesn't Ash send out Pikachu to, like, attack? Like, I don't know. Like, also... Metapod should no tackle because you don't lose moves when you evolve. So theoretically, Metapod could just tackle. 
What, what are you doing? Why are they doing heart and attack? I don't know. Uh, it's, Thankfully, it's... this stupid fight gets interrupted as a beedrill swarm appears, and then Sword Douche so kindly informs us, oh, that Weedle that got away must have informed the other beedrill. This is your fault. It's like, no, Sword Douche. No, no it's your this fault. This is your fault. They got away because of you. Yes. You did this. You're the one who interrupted the battle. Uh, takes absolutely no effort in taking responsibility for his own actions. Like, I know it's a kid's show, but God, I I wish they'd kill him off. I don't wish death upon him. I, I wish do. he I wish he gets a lesson taught to him. I wish a horrible death upon <laughs> him. Yes, but they have to run away from this beedrill. But before that happens, a beedrill steals the metapod. Oh no. Which initially confused me, like what use would the beedrill have? for the Metapod. I think they thought it was a Kakuna since they yes. ended up taking it back to the Kakuna Hive where they find them later. Yeah, that's what run I- run away. That's what I ended up thinking as well, which they end up running towards as they're escaping. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Before they could get the Metapod, all the Kakunas start to evolve and they gotta run again. Yep, and Sword Douche so helpfully points them towards his own cabin, yeah. which you couldn't have told him about that sooner. This is a life or death situation, but. Yeah, he's just like, right. oh, there's my cabin. I guess since you guys are still alive, I have to let you in. Yeah, so they run in, and the Beedrill, this. It's just the wooden door, like, goddamn. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Things kill a person. Oh, yeah, I mean, Beedrill can be pretty deadly. And Team Rocket has a paper tank to protect <laughs> themselves from it. They just pierce through a thick wooden door. Yeah, the not, paper tank ain't gonna do shit. No, they did not plan that far ahead. But while they are in the cabin, Sword Dude's a total douche. Yeah, well, he talks down to Ash like this is all your fault. Blah 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 blah. Well, he during this talking down to, he alludes to the fact that he faced off against the three. Pokemon trainers from Pallet Town, which I'll cop to the fact that last week I talked about how they never really explain who the other two Pokemon trainers from Pallet Town are. Mm -hmm. I stand corrected. They mention. They do? Uh, yeah, because Ash says, Oh, you faced Gary and the other two Pokemon trainers. And he says, like, Oh, yes. But each we never one, meet the other two. We never do meet the other two, but they talk about how. They were such formidable Pokemon trainers and how they so easily defeated him in battle and stuff mm -hmm. and how he was trying so hard to best himself so that he could be a good trainer the next time he faces the trainer from Pallet, which sort of implies that Pallet Town is renowned for having good trainers and stuff and like that. He talks down to Ash as if he wasn't like up to the task, even though, dude, he was... sword douche, you didn't win. Yeah, if they weren't interrupted by the Beedrill, I probably would have won. Yeah, he probably would have. We only see those two Pokemon. Ash still had Pikachu left. Yeah, he probably would have just sent Pikachu out being like... Kicked your ass. Exactly. Like, what were you hoping to accomplish? Ah! God, I hate him. <laughs> we are getting so worked up about this kid. Well, he's a prick. <sighs> he's so... He's such a prick. But they end up spending the night there. And... Eventually, Ash takes some initiative as he sneaks off to get Metapod back himself. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, props to Ash. I think he made the wise decision of going off alone. A, to not attract as much attention, and B, to make sure everyone else is safe. So, stand-up yeah, guy. Pikachu's not at risk of being kidnapped or anything. 
Which works in his favor because Team Rocket does show up and Team Rocket does their thing. Yep, they which show wakes off, up all the Beedrill. They show off the Team Rocket motto as Ash is like, hey. Shut, shut up, shut up, idiots. Sh shut up. Pikachu's not even here. Shut up. Yeah. And they're just like, no, no. We gotta do our thing. I mean, I get the feeling that one of the reasons Team Rocket decided to do this thing in the first place is because they love that motto. I mean, it's a great motto. It is a great motto. And part of the reason why it's so great is that every time it comes up, they just go full camp and they just go so hard mm -hmm. on this motto. Like, it's such a joy to see him be so enthusiastic about it. But Team Rocket, Pikachu always is traveling outside of its Pokeball with Ash. And you don't see Pikachu. Yeah! So, so he doesn't have Pikachu. So Put two and two together. Were, was your plan to take him hostage in exchange for Pikachu? I'm thinking they don't have the knowledge that Pikachu doesn't like being in a Pokeball, so they probably just assume that he happened to be okay. out of the Pokeball every time they've seen him so far. Yeah, So that at makes this sense. point, this early on, it's excusable. It's excusable. But they're still kind of idiots because... Because they do wake up this entire hive of Beatrice. Mm -hmm. Which kind of gives Ash the opportunity he needs to go get Metapod, basically. Yeah, uh, he first, does this pretty sweet, like, John Woo yeah. wall dodging all these Beatrice, which pretty cool of Ash. Mm -hmm. And Team Rock is like, good thing we got our paper tank. Oh, wait, we made it out of paper. And all the Weedle are eating it. Yeah, so they have to run away. Yeah. And which... Ash goes to get Metapod. At first, Metapod doesn't want to go with them. I guess he thinks Ash abandoned him, and then Ash gets all down on himself, even though, and I cannot stress this enough, this is all Sword Douche's fault. Yes. Ash did nothing wrong this episode. Yeah. I will give him that. This yeah. episode, he did good. This is all Sword Douche's fault. He caused all these problems. Yeah, well, I think this is illustrative of another really interesting character trait found within Ash. Throughout the series, even when Ash succeeds or fails, he is usually really hard on himself. Mm -hmm. As we'll see later, I think one of the reasons why Ash is such a hard worker throughout the series is because even though he talks about how he's gonna be the very best, part of me thinks that that's sort of him compensating for his lack of self-confidence, I think. Because mm -hmm. he talks about how he shouldn't make excuses for him not being as good of a trainer and how he needs to do better, which I think that's a pretty good lesson to impart on kids, but I feel like that's undercut by the fact that, at least in this case, Ash, you don't need to make excuses. You did nothing wrong. Exactly. This is all Sword Guy's fault. I feel like this but, is a lesson that you could have saved for another episode. But nevertheless, Metapod uh, is touched by this speech, and some of the Beedrill are still in the area and come at him, and Metapod basically deflects it. Breaking one of Beedrill's spike arm things, yeah. which is... Ow. Yeah, Jesus. again, pretty pretty freaking cool. A lot of bug abuse in this episode. Maybe the writers sided with Misty in yeah. terms of their hatred <laughs> of like bugs. bugs. So then Metapod evolves into Butterfree. I love how they illustrate this. Metapod has this gigantic gash inside of him, outside this giant light. Yeah, he looks like, like he's about to explode. Yes. Oh, we almost forgot to mention, during this battle, Samurai, Misty, and Pikachu are running out in this makeshift net that he produced. Oh yeah, the first useful thing he did all episode. And that's Which, assuming he's the one who did it and Misty didn't do it. Yeah, assuming. We don't know. 
you I, think I that would guess, as useless as he has been, that this was Misty's idea. Interesting Fuck thing. Fuck that guy. It seems that sword douche seems to be modeled off of the bug trainers from the games, at least, because he has the Pokemon that, and under his samurai armor, he has the same tank top and shorts. He's an annoying asshole. <laughs> yeah, but... It seems weird that you live in the Viridian Forest, he has the bug net, and he only has bug Pokemon, so he should theoretically be like sort of the bug expert, implying mm. that he was the one that made the net. If he was the one who made the net... Where was the net earlier? Yeah, exactly! If you knew Beedrill Swarms were like a big thing, wouldn't you keep that on you at all times and yes. you left your cabin? It's ridiculous! God, it's... I hate him. <laughs> But yes, Metapod evolves into a Butterfree, and during this evolution, uh, the Pokedex notes that after a week of being in a cocoon, Metapod evolves into Butterfree, which implies either two things. Either uh, this encounter was enough to set Metapod over the edge and give him that power boost to evolve ahead of schedule, mm -hmm. or that Misty and Ash were journeying through the Viridian Forest for about a week, which... Hope they pack some clean underwear. <laughs> Indeed. Once again, don't forget to wear clean underwear. Mm-hmm. But... Good advice. I... I don't know what I like better, the idea that Metapod pushing himself to the limit after being inspired by Ash. I kind of like that idea where he evolved prematurely because of what Ash did, because it's sort of... I like uh, it too, because they set it up kind of in the previous episode. Ash mentioned something after he evolves. Oh, maybe it'll happen again real quick. Yeah, exactly, because even though the Caterpie and a Weedle line of evolutions are really, really easy to evolve. Like, it's just, you get to level 7 and then level 9. It's mm -hmm. really not that difficult. I still think it's a pretty good illustration of how hard worker Ash is, and I don't know. I think it helps to illustrate some of the positive qualities I find with him. But they don't get a whole lot of time to enjoy this, because the swarm of Beedrill are descending upon them, and... But, but they don't... Use his sleep. Butterfree uses sleep powder, putting them all to sleep, alongside Team Rocket, who are still there? Yeah, I mean, I guess. They didn't make it too far. Yeah, but after the battle is over, Samurais are like, oh, you are most impressive. Truly, yeah. I am the novice. And it's like, no shit. Yeah, yeah, it should have come to that pretty soon. Oh, you handled your Butterfree so well the second he evolved. He used one move. Go fuck yourself, Samurai guy. Tr stop trying to act like you're all impressed by him now and deeming him worthy. Nobody likes you. Yeah, I think it's very emblematic of the fact that we never see this bug trainer again because... Good, I hope he died. He's <laughs> an asshole. As they leave for Pewter City, they do say goodbye and... Ash says, maybe we'll battle again someday. God, I hope not. Motherfucker points a sword at everybody. <sighs> We're so far ahead in the series past this episode. Anyway, it would seem a little weird for them to just bring him back now. But mm -hmm. I almost do kind of want to see Bug Trainer again. Samurai. Samurai guy. Yeah, I do sword almost... Douche. Yeah, I do almost want to see him again, just so that we can illustrate how far Ash has progressed. Because I feel like him she being the first... him. Yeah, I feel like this being the first Pokemon trainer that Ash ever encounters, I feel like this should have had more significance, but... Well, Misty. I, okay, no, I mean, like, 
Pokemon trainer battle. Yeah. Like, they never bat- he never battles Misty yet. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Samurai as a character was such a missed opportunity. I don't understand why they needed to make it a gimmick with him, like the whole Samurai thing. Like, was the standard bug trainer not exciting enough? I don't know. I don't care. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> All right. Well, he's that- dead in my mind. That's canon now. Well, Bug Trainer does make one more appearance in the second theme song, Pokemon World, as illustrated during the Pokemon Orange Island seasons. We do see Bug Trainer in the background illustrating all the various trainers Ash has faced in the past, which it's so weird that they commemorate him that way because he doesn't have that much of a significance even in this episode, even in the one episode that he appears in. He's just this arbitrary source of conflict. Goodness. He's a douche. Yeah. I don't like him. But before the episode ends, we do cut back to Team Rocket. Yeah, we cut back to Team Rocket, and they're hanging from trees. Looks like they made makeshift little Kakuna disguises out of their paper tank. And they're hiding out with the Kakuna, because I guess they didn't get a chance to make it away. I guess, but... What's their end goal here? To not die, I'm guessing. I suppose so, but it doesn't seem very good long-term because even Meowth and James say, this is a terrible plan because you're yeah, just- no, this is a terrible plan. And then they all, all the bug Pokemon around them wake up and probably didn't go so well for them there. No, it does not. But that's the end of these two episodes. So, Richard! Hey! <laughs> we both had a lot to say about this, but let's just start off with the last episode, uh, Ash Catches a Pokemon. What were your thoughts about that? Uh, I'm glad he finally learned to weaken the freaking Pokemon first. <laughs> Alright. Took him a while. Yeah. I gotta say, at least in the first episode we watched today, I do really enjoy how they're sort of like building up this rapport between Ash and Misty, because one of the most entertaining things that I found when I was a kid was the way that Ash and Misty had sort of this like, will they, won't they dynamic, where they sort of bicker, but there's also a bit of tension between them. And I'll cop to the fact that Ash and Misty were my very first one true shipping. I'm looking forward to Brock. All right. Well, <laughs> do you have any other thoughts about the challenge of the samurai? Uh, mainly I hate him. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten that point across though by this point. Yes, I think I think literally everything that goes wrong in that episode can be tracked back to his actions. The series does have a bit of a habit of having the whole character a day dynamic where they encounter just this minor character for one episode and then they just leave. But I feel like with Samurai Sword Douche, there is nowhere to go but up. Yeah, no, no, you can't have a worse guy than that. Points a sword at everyone. Again, not necessary. Like he has a pincer. Yeah. Like I feel like him having pincer walk around with him would be far more impressive than him just walking around with your anime convention sword like trying to be intimidating just have your pincer walk around with you the giant pincer bug yeah more than anything the lesson of that episode is kids 
Don't point swords at people. Well, don't point swords in, at people, but also guys. And it's always guys. Having a sword does not make you cool. It makes you obnoxious. We do have a ceremonial sword hanging up in the studio right now, but it's different. <laughs> As you were saying that, I just kind of turned and looked at his sword. Well, <laughs> the difference between that is I don't walk around with the sword like True. a douche. Yeah, no, that'd be... It's de there's a difference between having a decorative sword and a sword you walk around and being all like, while you were studying and dating, mm -hmm. I honed the blade. It's not like a samurai sword. It's more of a knight's sword. Yeah, that's... It's made to be in the Celtic style, but... Don't interrupt people. Just don't be a douche. Yeah, exactly. Just, just have a little bit of a respect. Have the minimum amount of respect to people and you won't almost die to be drill. Sagely advice from Richard Bauman. So, uh, with all of that out of the way, I think if we talk any more about Sword Douche, we're probably gonna <laughs> like have an aneurysm or something, but next week, we journey into Pewter City as we encounter another fan favorite character, Brock. Yeah! But until then, we're going to end off, like always, with our Poke Music segment. This week, we are going to be playing a remix of the Viridian Forest theme called Out of Antidote. The track is made by an artist named Serax, uh, C-E-R-R-A-X. We'll put a link in the description for the full song. But once again, you can listen to this song on Overclocked Remix. Highly recommend a lot of their tunes there. Before we play ourselves out, uh, Richard, you have anything else to say? Fuck that sword guy. Fair enough. So, my name's Henry Kathman. I'm Richard Ballman. See you guys next time. We'll smell you later. Bye!
Oh god, that got so heated. God, I hate that sword guy. I hate him so much. <laughs>